The delayed results of a large-scale coronavirus antibody study in Zhanghua were released on Thursday. From a sample of almost 5,000 subjects considered high risk, just four were found to have COVID-19 antibodies in their blood, indicating they had previously caught the virus. Doctors and health officials say this represents a very low rate of infection. After the results were announced in a much-awaited press conference, officials predicted that further studies on a wider sample of the population, including those from low-risk demographics, should reveal even lower rates. Out of 4,841 test subjects, only four produced neutralizing antibodies. The initial results from Jianghua's large-scale test drive revealed that only a tiny minority had caught the virus without knowing it. The positive test rate is extremely low, less than 8.3 in 10,000. So I want to stress again: if the rate is this low in such a vulnerable demographic, then the public at large can relax. The community is safe. The study was conducted on five demographics deemed the highest risk. They are medical workers, close contacts of confirmed patients, travelers who are in quarantine, their relatives and assistants during quarantine, and those who live or work in elderly care homes. So, if the rate is just eight in ten thousand, even among those who are likely to come in contact or be infected, then for the average citizen of Taiwan, it will certainly be less than eight in ten thousand. So that's the conclusion we can draw. But we can't completely say the risk is practically zero. Doctors say further studies on low-risk groups should reveal an even lower infection rate. The Central Epidemic Command Center's Zhuang Rengxiang was at the event and used the data to support government decisions. Probably almost 50% of infections occur because of a carrier who is asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. So our home quarantine and self-isolation policies are there to prevent those community transmissions from occurring. And actually, today's research confirms, in some interpretations, that these policies are correct. Dr. Huang Liming, head of the Infectious Diseases Society of Taiwan, agreed with Jianghua that 8.3 out of 10,000 should be considered a low infection rate. A high rate would look like 110,000 or 1% of the population, he said. The ambassadors of Nicaragua, Guatemala, and Honduras attended a presentation on Thursday of Taiwan's latest personal protective equipment and other medical supplies. The event was organized by the Taiwan External Trade Development Council to share successful strategies against COVID-19. This vendor introduces a range of personal protective equipment. He's speaking at an event for representatives from Central and South America, sharing the ways that Taiwan kept COVID-19 contained. With regard to protective equipment, we've been providing as much help as we can based on each country's needs. But the most important thing is more intangible, and that is our experience. Representatives of Taiwan's Central and South American allies attended the event, which presented Taiwan's strategies against COVID. Commissioned by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Taitra organized the press conference to showcase the latest in PPE and to share Taiwan's experience with COVID. Commercial opportunity is a secondary concern. Helping them by sharing our disease prevention experience is our most important task today. The event was also an opportunity to foster stronger trade cooperation between Taiwan and its allies. Present at the event were the Nicaraguan, Guatemalan, and Honduran ambassadors to Taiwan.
I believe that the Taiwanese government and Taiwanese business, businessmen have been sharing with us their knowledge and their expertise. I believe that you are sharing life because each mask, each product, because it becomes a one uh, life saved. I want to highlight Taiwan's excellent work in containing the pandemic with their borders and their global role in helping all nations in combating uh, the COVID-19 by sharing information, experience, and important donations of different equipment. The representatives praised Taiwan's disease prevention efforts while thanking Taiwan for helping other countries amid the pandemic. In addition, a Guatemalan government official appeared in a video to thank Taiwan. Event organizers said Taiwan's medical products can help the Made in Taiwan brand expand its global reach. Taiwan retail sales rose 2.5 percent to reach a record 330 billion NT for the month of July, according to official data. This marks the first time in five months when shoppers spent more than they did than the year before. The jump in consumer spending was fueled by a series of government stimulus vouchers. Economics officials offered prayers in front of their office on Thursday as part of an annual tradition for Ghost Month. This year, their offering included a batch of triple stimulus vouchers, a prayer for robust consumption in the months ahead. The economics minister also pledged to offer relief for Taiwan's struggling sectors, including the manufacturing and the trade show industries. Economics chief Wang Meihua said that hard-hit businesses will be able to apply for a total of 20 billion NT in relief per quarter. Donations to charity have been on a downward trajectory since the start of the pandemic as people tighten their belts to get through uncertain times. On Thursday, a Rotary Club donated the proceeds of its triple stimulus voucher fundraiser to 18 social welfare organizations. Holding up one end of a giant consumption voucher, the welfare center director can barely conceal her smile behind the mask. For about six months, I think that many social welfare organizations have been like mine. We have all been seeing a very great decline in donations, and yet the number of people we serve has not decreased. Under the pull of the pandemic, social welfare groups have found it hard to raise money. Recently, DPP lawmakers and a new Taipei Rotary Club held a press conference to seek donations of triple stimulus vouchers. Not long after the first headlines went up, all sorts of inquiries were rolling in. In less than a week, a group in Banqiao, a social welfare organization I have more contact with, called me up and said, I heard you're doing a drive for triple stimulus vouchers. So, Legislator Zhang, do you want to donate them to me? In just one month after the launch of the triple stimulus vouchers, the fundraising target of 3 million NT was met. The beneficiaries included the Garden of Hope Foundation, the new Taipei Office of the Taiwan Fund for Children and Families, and 16 other social welfare organizations. It included New Taipei, Jilong, Ilan, and Hualien. So in that one month between July 15th and August 15th, we called on our own club members to donate their triple stimulus vouchers. The epidemic is not yet over. There will be more and more appeals for help, and I hope that everybody will answer those calls together. With the pandemic ongoing, the legislators call for more people to give what they can to those most in need. 
Thursday was the inauguration of a cutting-edge performance and production facility dedicated to pop music. The ceremony held at the newly opened Taipei Music Center was a who's who of government officials. It was the first time President Tsai Ing-wen and Mayor Ko Wen-je have shared a stage since a memorial event in February when their frosty interactions dominated headlines. At Thursday's opening ceremony, relations appeared just as chilly. While President Tsai thanked the Taipei mayor on stage in a speech, he was photographed sitting in the audience looking at his phone. When it was Merkur's turn on stage, he didn't return the shout-out. Later, the president went on a tour of the new facility. Kerr did not join the tour, leaving as soon as it began. A spokesperson said Kerr had followed his schedule, which had not been modified to accommodate Tsai's impromptu appearance. Three Taiwanese hospitals have developed visual recognition technology that can help doctors make faster diagnoses on the body's vital organs. National Taiwan University Hospital, Taipei Medical University Hospital and Taipei Veterans General Hospital have each developed systems to assess the health of the heart, lungs and brain, respectively. The technologies are powered by artificial intelligence and can drastically shorten the time needed to make an accurate diagnosis. The projects were possible thanks to subsidies for biomedical innovation from the Ministry of Science and Technology. Researchers at NTU Hospital have developed the world's first AI model that can assess the amount of fat on the heart through images. It's mighty fast, reaching a diagnosis in just 0.4 seconds. Researchers say the model can help doctors assess disease risk. This system we use it uh, in our uh, national insurance uh, together by using uh, by applying the uh, national uh, national insurance system, and we use them and quantify the uh, the uh, fat tissue, the fat amount, and the calcification. And uh, together with the clinical data, we develop developed our um, Taiwanese people uh, cardiovascular risk factor uh, prediction model. Uh, over at Taipei Veterans General Hospital, a team created an AI diagnostic system to detect brain metastasis. Meanwhile, the TMU hospital team developed an AI-powered system that can produce reports on lung cancer nodules within 10 seconds. Dr. Chen Zinyu says diagnosis accuracy is about 95%. It's a CT algorithm that can instantly, I mean instantly means within 10 seconds, we can detect, classify, and doing auto-report uh, in the clinical practice. The algorithm can auto-detect the nest of the cancer cell within the vast uh, okay, tissue. So in the meantime, if we can identify those nests of cancer cell, we can also tell the subtype of the cancer. There will be wonderful for pathologists to improve their speed and accuracy of their reading. These intelligent diagnostic tools for the heart, lungs, and brain were sponsored by the Ministry of Science and Technology. The ministry hopes the technology will help doctors monitor the health of patients and spur the development of innovative industrial models in Taiwan's biomedical sector. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Tsai Chenyou in Taipei. Preparations are well underway for one of the highlights of the winter in Taiwan's musical calendar. Jinmen Tunnel Music Festival will enter its 12th year in November. The lineup includes Korean baritone Il Hun Jung and celebrated soprano Jeannie Chang. 
Taking place in an old military hideout, the festival will revolve around the themes of peace and hope. The bright soprano voice is accompanied by a steady cello bassline as a little boat floats through Jingmen Tunnel. Cello player Zhang Zhenjie is completely absorbed by his work. This was the dress rehearsal for November's festival. We've invited all the way from Korea their most famous baritone Ilhan Jung, as well as Taiwan star soprano Jinny Chang and harmonica world champion Mr. Li Zhang. Now in its 12th year, the Jingmen Tunnel Music Festival is held in Jaishan Tunnel, which was built 54 years ago as a secret shelter for Taiwan's Navy after the 1958 Taiwan Straits crisis. Now the festival's director hopes the site will lift audiences' spirits. The first day of the festival is full of hope. That's the theme. The second day is peace. These two things that everyone prays for the most are our themes. And that's what we want to share with everyone in the festival this year. This is the 12th year. We hope the festival will evoke peace and blessings for us all, and that the pandemic will gradually calm down. The normally dark and gloomy tunnel is graced with a little color, grasses and flowers, accompanying the musicians on their watery route. This concert is one of a kind. Heavy rains brought on by southwesterly winds battered nearly all of Taiwan on Thursday. In parts of Taipei's Shilin district, flooding prompted road closures. The downpours tapered off in the evening. But more stormy weather could be to come, with a tropical disturbance forming near the Philippines. By Saturday, this tropical disturbance could strengthen into the year's ninth tropical storm and could even develop into a typhoon. The storm is projected to sweep past Japan's Ryukyu Islands. It's yet uncertain how it would affect Taiwan. A Central Weather Bureau forecaster has issued a warning on social media, writing, this storm is a bit too big and too strong and is not welcome. A team of volunteers has adopted into their care several hiking trails in the northeast. Armed with grass trimmers, machetes and shears, the team keeps overgrowth at bay to make paths passable again. The volunteers say that as hikers themselves, they are more than happy to perform the service to make the trails safer for everyone. Tools are prepped and root signs readied. After strapping on the grass trimmer, off he goes to the mountain. It's time to clear a path. It's scorching out, but the volunteers of the Nuanxi survey team work through the sweat as they cut away at the wilderness at Jilung's Da Sha Wan Trail. Thanks to their efforts, the marine scenery is once again visible. When it's all done, they nail a sign to a tree. Every moment is captured on camera. Volunteers from the Da Sha Wan Development Association and from the Nuanxi Association have come together to clear paths. Their goal is to make the trails traversable again. We are taking part in this because we like to do this. We're more than happy to do it. The team is formed by volunteers passionate about hiking. After hearing reports of fellow hikers getting lost or going missing in the trails, they decided to get to work and spend their free time snipping overgrowth and clearing trails. 
The grass was very tall. When it's not trimmed, the grass can make it hard for hikers to find their way. If there's snakes and hornets, it's more dangerous. So if you cut the grass and make the trail wider, everyone can be more at ease as they walk. Once the weeds are pulled and the overgrowth cleared, the trail is transformed beyond recognition. These volunteers have worked on trails all over Taiwan's northeast coast, from the Jilung Islet to Yilan's Dunlan Historic Trail. They pull out weeds, hack away at intruding branches and mark the path with signs. They even install support ropes to prevent any accidents. Our record is clearing paths for six days in one week. In the summer, it's best to stay away from the outskirts and mountainous areas, especially in the northeast. It's just too hot. You really don't want to be there. The freshly weeded paths and the stunning coastal scenery are not to be missed by trail lovers, who can now pass by with the greatest of ease.